you were just minding your own business, extra working hard without extra hard without any like distraction like you always do. When your phone blew up so hard it buzzed right off the table and into your newly acquired City of Alexandria purple glass recycling bin. Upon retrieval, upon retrieval, and to your sheer and utter joy. Static you joy that the you joyful warrior, the joyful the warrior, American, the Jamaican American, Indian American, Alpha Captain, Alpha Pink, very pearl, and very pearl, and very female, first Kamala Harris, and vice first of her name, and vice president of these United States, who probably smells like peonies and your bubby brisket, her lush, llama like eyelashes into the yard store that you shop at. You froze. You Is froze. it weird if you run over Is there right now? Is it weird if you run over How there right now? How can you associate yourself with this woman without being insane? You're just so proud. You're just... You're just so if proud. You didn't know what to do with yourself you on the morning of March 3rd. If you're so relieved to be shattering glass ceilings instead of shattering your ceilings instead of shattering your TV screen with your coffee your mug, people. you found your people. And our fangirling is and always our fangirling inclusive. So join us. The Democratic Social Club of Alexandria proudly presents Liberally Social, a podcast about who are all 13 of these city council candidates and which ones am I voting for? We get it and we're here to help. Listen as we take each candidate, not out, but in for drinks to discuss what on earth is happening. We want to be really transparent about our agenda. We want to help our fellow Alexandrians get to know local candidates like actually get to know them socially. And we want to hang out with our friends and have fun during a global pandemic. Well, you know, nerd fun. We're not journalists, but we are the kind of people who would have a podcast about city politics. So we do know some of the candidates. We're a bunch of self-appointed badass women who are gonna throw ourselves in virtual parties, invite candidates, have great conversations, and record them all for you to listen to while you walk outside with your mask on or do your dishes again. Hopefully, it'll help you make some decisions when election day rolls around. So you see, what we're doing here is actually a public service. All right. Let's all introduce ourselves so everyone knows who's at the pod party tonight. I'm Sandy Marks. I'm Rashmi Bapu. Rishans. And I'm Ann Vaughn. And now let's all raise our glasses to the guest of honor, candidate for city council, Maroon Teklu. Clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. All right, we'll add in some clinks. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for having me tonight at this fun Zoom virtual party. <laughs> How often do we get to do this? Probably not a lot. So I'm excited to be here. And it's just to let everybody know, because I know our, our now like 20 listeners um, really care what we're drinking. We we sent Marone over um, one of our, our now signature cocktails, the Riding with Biden from Neighborhood Provisions. So you know what to order next time you're you're online. How does it taste? Is it good? Very good. I was amazed. Honestly, when you guys dropped it off, I was like, what? This is crazy. I didn't even know this existed. We're fancy. <laughs> All right. So first things first, Perone, how are you? We're having a Zoom party instead of an actual party because 
We're in the middle of a global pandemic. So how are you doing? I'm doing well, as well as can be during the pandemic. You know, it has been quite isolating for many of us, as I'm sure we can all relate. And it seems that a lot of times the workday just extends and extends, uh, even though we're no longer commuting, somehow we're doing mm-hmm. more time on Zoom. <laughs> so, you know, that is an interesting balance, ha- you know, balancing, taking a walk around the block while also being on calls all day has been um, an interesting balance. But I would say a year into this pandemic, we are we are here, we are thriving, and we're running for Alexandria City Council. So it's an exciting time. Yay, yay. I love it's huge. Well, welcome to our party, Marone. And what is a party without games? I have here a list of our essential questions for assessing a person's character. And the goal is to get as many answers as we can in just a few minutes. So short answers are just fine. Okay? Sounds good. Okay, here we go. So what have you binge watched during COVID? What have I binge watched during COVID? Too many random Netflix shows. Uh, Probably between Marie Kondo and Selling Sunset. I've been really into these niche Netflix TV shows. I think they're doing a really great job in keeping up with the pandemic uh, demand. And yeah, I'm excited. Every time there's a new Netflix series, I I have to binge watch. um, If I can, if I have the time. Usually it's a nice little break. So Excellent. So what is your day job? My day job. Uh, I work as a technology management consultant for a large professional service firm here in Northern Virginia. So on a day-to-day, I work with a variety of clients, a a lot in the commercial sector. Previously, I did a lot of work in the government sector, um, but my day-to-day is mostly around solving complex problems across the enterprise. A problem Uh, a problem solver, a problem solver, a, tech, a technologist at heart, and you know, just here to help provide um, what we call human-centered design solutions in our innovation okay. project. That doesn't make you sound like a robot at all. <laughs> so you have a favorite local restaurant for takeout. Favorite local restaurant for takeout would probably be Mac at a restaurant here in the West End. Uh, a lot of family, a lot of friends that go to Macada, and I, I've been really enjoying their to-go as well. What's your to-go dish that you always get? The signature Macadot's herbs. That is definitely something to try. Um, but if you're a vegan, there's also plenty of vegan options as well. Um, yeah. I would definitely recommend their lentil dishes uh, as well. Do they make their injera with teff or with wheat or both? Both, both. So you can ask for traditional teff injera. Yeah, and you are on it. Yes, with the Ethiopian love. Oh, just wait. I love Ethiopian food so much. Okay, do you have any pets? I I do not have any pets right now. Our family dog, Barney, he actually passed away this past winter, which was really sad. We were with him. I was with him since I was a youngin. Um, so that that was all obviously a hard time. But now I am petless and um, just, yeah, live in life. We, we have pets that we can rent out at a very reasonable price. No, just kidding. <laughs> Lulu's not easy, but she isn't cheap either. Okay, so do you um, have a song that's been stuck in your head recently? Song that's been stuck in my head recently. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't 
not as of right now. Sometimes, okay, when I try to get hype up in the morning, uh, my go-to song a lot of times is Level Up by Sierra. It's oh, a yeah. very much a dance song when you want to feel empowered and want to have a quick dance party in the morning. Cool. Would you win a game of Never Have I Ever? Probably not. That's my simple <laughs> okay. answer. <laughs> I like it. What is your astrological sign? Any of your astrological signs or your Myers-Briggs type? I am a Gemini. <laughs> Me too. Are you also a Gemini? <laughs> yeah. A squeal of joy. One of two reactions. One is awesome. I'm also a Gemini. One is, oh, I hate Geminis. They, they're the worst. No, Twins, Elizabeth's baby. a Gemini too. Twins. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, when is the last time that you flossed your teeth? Last time that I flossed my teeth? Uh, last night. <laughs> oh, good. And what are your top three Jeopardy categories that you would absolutely crush in your fantasy game of Jeopardy? Probably none of them, honestly. I, I don't think I'm built for Jeopardy. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, I honestly, and I don't think I should be on the Jeopardy show. I, I would win. Be self-aware. <laughs> Who is your hero? My personal hero, I, I think this is really cliche, but probably my mom. Uh, <laughs> My mom has been my rock, my role model, my superwoman. Uh, she runs her own foundation. She inspired me to serve my community. So that's definitely my go-to role model. Love it. What is the last book that you read or your favorite book? Hmm. Last book or favorite book? Ooh, that's a really tough one. Um, we can skip it. We have other questions. <laughs> I have an easy one. Uh, <laughs> well, I love books. I have an audio um, audiobook subscription as well. I read, I, I listen to a lot of books. I read a lot of books. Um, favorite, favorite, favorite is really difficult. Uh, uh, how about a celebrity crush, past or present? Celebrity crush, past or present. I, I'm not a big celebrity fangirl, to be honest. So I can't say I like have had a lot of crush. I don't know. This is probably makes me like very much like a weirdo. But <laughs> I you don't can really follow Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. You do you. It's okay. Like yeah. a celebrity crush. So not like somebody I would be romantically interested in, not but somebody that yeah. I admire. Um, sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I have been watching a lot of Marie Kondo. I've read her book. <laughs> Watched your Netflix series. He is I adorable. guess that makes me an expert in Spark kind of Joy. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, is that the time? That's Yay! the time. We hit our five minutes. Woohoo! Yeah. We have yet to find a person who, like me, had Joey McIntyre on their wall. <laughs> <laughs> I never had anyone on my wall, Sandy. I Well, I wasn't allowed to put up posters in my oh. room. Maybe that was mm. <laughs> I was the weird girl who had 98 degrees on her wall instead of NC Bath Street Boys. Yeah, you um, did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that didn't hit with any of you. That's fine. Moving Marta on. Sean does her own thing. Nick Lachey, we know who they are. Yes, we do. <laughs> Marone probably is like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm like your mom. I don't allow the posters on the wall. So appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was super fun. But now let's get serious for a second. It is time to get to know, know you, a candidate. Every candidate has a standard 30 second elevator pitch. 
pretend we're total strangers and tell us yours. And Marta might be timing you. So on your marks, get set, go. Yes, uh, well, my name is Maron Teklu and why I decided to run right now at this moment, well, I am the daughter of two resilient Ethiopian immigrant parents who have instilled in me the importance of hard work, education and giving back to our community. And we know that this COVID-19 pandemic has disproportionately affected our communities of color and that it'll be critical for us to amplify and elevate those voices as we rebuild our local economy. So I am here to champion equity, to champion uh, a focus on youth and community, as well as bringing innovation and technology to our historic city of Alexandria. Bravo. Ooh, is that 30 seconds? 32 seconds. Oh, so good. Yeah. Not too bad. This is becoming like a betting game for us. We're like, who's gonna do it? It's hard, it's really hard, yes. You did a good job. Well, some of the issues you just mentioned lead us right into the next part of our party, which are those deep conversations that you have in the corners of the room with people you're getting to know about the things you really care about. And in the four corners of our party, we're gonna talk about climate, structural and institutional racism, the cost of living, and of course, COVID. So Marta, you want to start us off? Absolutely. Uh, Maroon, come to my favorite topic in the climate corner. Uh, so I, I believe we, we requested this in our, our prep email to you, but if you could please grab a plant, any plant, it could be a leaf, it could be a real plant, it could be a fake plant. Please hold a plant. <laughs> yes, yes, Marta. Prepared. Oh, my little um, desk plant. I, I used oh. to have a few, and uh, this one is a cuter one. Sometimes okay. I have to remind myself to water all my plants if I'm trying to become a better plant mom. Unfortunately, oh. that doesn't always happen. Um, but I've been trying to get more disciplined. So yes, that is a really cute look on your face. Second. I didn't think you were gonna have one. Okay. Yeah, you you looked very uncertain, and then here you are just pulling it from the side. Like obviously, yeah. I have well, desk plants, Marta. Greenery around the house, it's just hard, right? I live in a condo, so it's like very much like limited space. Where am I going to put all my things? And um, yeah, limited sunlight as well. But luckily, we're on the view, we have open wide doors, open wide windows, so enough sunlight comes over here too. Nice. All right. Well, we all love sunlight, we all love open wide spaces. What is your favorite park in Alexandria? Favorite park? I, I would say we have a lot of very great places here in Alexandria, but the one that probably sold me on Alexandria, especially growing up, right? Cause I, I grew up in the Northern Virginia area, um, specifically in Springfield, Virginia, which is about 15 minutes from downtown Old Town. And I remember just as a kid coming to the waterfront park was always a joy because being by water for me is just very calming. I, I think that's very important in terms of um, where we are in Virginia, it's it's amazing that we have this open space and that we're able to have um, public spaces um, to allow us to enjoy that. So that was one of my favorite parts of growing up would be getting ice cream, walking down Old Town Waterfront Park with my family, with our cousins, with our aunts, our uncles who would come to visit us. And this was like the go-to, right? Of, of small town of Virginia while also being close to DC. and. It was, I, I mean, still to this day, right? That brings me so much comfort. Absolutely. 
it would you perhaps it sparks joy one might say perhaps it sparks joy marta that that was the perfect segue into marie I, I couldn't help but tie it back to our, our friend marie kondo okay so that was fun let's get a little wonky um, the city of Alexandria is pretty serious about climate. Back in 2019, city council unanimously adopted a resolution declaring a climate emergency, which is legit. And also in 2019, city council unanimously adopted an updated environmental action plan. And that plan is awesome. It has 10 chapters with different areas of focus. It also has some epic goals of reducing carbon emissions 50% by FY30 and 80 to 100% by FY50. It's awesome. So our question for you is, what is your favorite chapter in the environmental action plan and how will it help us reduce carbon emissions in the city? I, it's an excellent question and it's a very long uh, environmental action plan that we have. Um, mm -hmm. I would say my favorite chapter would be either between energy and transportation, but for the purpose of, of our conversation here, I'll focus on energy because I think it ties into transportation as well. Um, and, I, and I do believe, you know, as we pursue our goals in decreasing greenhouse emissions by 2040, it's going to be critical for us to adopt renewable energy to ensure that we have um, investment in electric transportation, not just electrical vehicle charging stations, right, that has been talked about um, before, but also in new pilots in introducing, um, you know, electric vehicle fleets for our dash system, as well as other city transportation. Uh, I think that will be very important for us. And so that would probably be one of my most favorite parts of the environmental action plan. But in the larger picture of adopting renewable energy, I think it's gonna be important to prioritize that and to fund that, right? Because as you mentioned, this has come up with in 2019, how have we backed up um, financial dollars in our budget to, um, to achieve these goals? I think they're great goals, but we have to make sure that we're providing um, continued investment into achieving these desired outcomes. Absolutely, love it. I, I was just looking at the, the Solarize Nova program, how homeowners and commercial building owners can get solar on their roofs. It's awesome. Anyway, big fan of renewables. So love that you brought that up, Maroon. I'm going to pass it off to Rashmi for our next corner. All right, it's my turn. Welcome to my corner where we are talking about structural and institutional racism here in Alexandria. So what have you done to understand the history of racism and white supremacy in our city? Yes, Rishmi, that's a great question. I, and I think it comes down to talking with our residents, with our community organizers, our grassroots organizers, and our nonprofits here in Alexandria. And, you know, I have been fortunate enough to have folks to lean on. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that even though myself as a newer resident to the city, it's important to recognize the work that has been done for generations here in Alexandria. And so, um, you know, a little bit about my background. I, I graduated from William Mary. I majored in uh, Africana studies, which is, uh, you know, the discipline looking at the intersections of race, class, and gender. And when we look at the history of Alexandria and the trailblazers that we've had in, in our history, it's quite astounding. Um, folks like Samuel Tucker, who have worked for decades, right, to desegregate our public spaces, um, as well as bring equity to the conversation. 
it, it's important to start that conversation to follow up and implement while also um, looking future forward. And I think we have new diverse residents coming to into the city. It's important to understand those perspectives as well, because that you know contributes to our collective fight for equity. Um, but here in Alexandria, you know what I have done so far. I'm here listening to our residents of African American heritage, of folks that have been here for generations who have seen the systemic inequalities um, in our systems, in our um, you know communities, and want to work together to help fight for a livable Alexandria for us all. And so, comes down to listening, comes down to researching our history. We obviously have. Um, you know, great uh, online resources as well, whether it's related to looking back at the African American Heritage Trail. We have various, um, uh, you know, story maps available through the city of Alexandria to walk you through that history. I think that's very exciting. And I'm, I would love to champion more of that, more of that accessible history um, to other residents that um, have been here for some time, but also for new folks who don't know that history and who want to take the opportunity to learn more about it. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned Sam Tucker because I didn't know that much about him until my daughter did a school project on him. And it's just fascinating that we are living in, you know, a place where history was made. It's amazing. We appreciate the All Alexandria Resolution recently passed by the council. But we want to know what are your most pressing concerns related to racial equality in Alexandria, and how do you propose to address them? My most pressing concern related to racial equity in Alexandria is that we don't have the means to monitor our progress related to that. Mm -hmm. We do not provide demographic information related to household income, related to policing outside of traffic stops, um, we, we need to ensure that we have data transparency when it comes to achieving equity, because mm -hmm. if we can't measure our success, how do we know that any of the initiatives or programs that we pilot that we introduce in the city of Alexandria are working? Yeah. Um, so I think data transparency is a big part of fighting for racial equity. Um, yeah. And I also just want to hold us accountable to what we outline in resolutions, right? Time and time again, we see many resolutions come the council, um, but ensuring that it translates into actionable policy, into yeah. any type of, you know, change is yeah. important because we can't just talk the talk, we got to walk the walk. And the more that we grow uh, in the city, the more diversity that we bring, it's going to be critical for us to measure that. And it comes with data transparency and it comes, you know, by ensuring that folks have a seat at the table with those lived experiences as well. Yeah. All right, Sandy, you're up. It's always exciting in the cost of living corner, which is where we are now. As you know, anybody who's been here for more than 10 minutes knows we pay more for everything in the city of Alexandria. It bonds us as a community. Um, we're all trying to live here now and save for the future, which is a tough thing to do. And a lot of that stress comes from housing. So what we would like to talk about is affordable housing. Can you talk a little bit about your philosophy on housing affordability in the city? Sandy, that's an excellent question. <laughs> um, 
we have an affordable housing crisis in the city of Alexandria. We know it. I hope the rest of our community knows it, but it is a problem. And you, we know that since 2000, we've seen an 88% decrease in affordable housing units. We have a population of over 150,000 residents that come from diverse backgrounds. We have growing concern related to the new Amazon headquarters coming to neighboring Arlington County. And it'll be critical for us to ensure that we're not displacing members of our community, that we're empowering them to stay in the community that they chose to be here. Um, folks that have been here for generations, but also new folks, new Americans who have chosen Alexandria as their home. How do we work to ensure that those folks are not displaced but empowered? Um, this all comes in the conversation of affordable housing, but a larger conversation around affordability in Alexandria, right? Because it's not just housing, it's also public transportation. How do we make public transportation accessible and affordable? How do we ensure that we fight for livable wages? How do we ensure that our city staff is supported to pursue home ownership in the city of Alexandria? This is a larger conversation in the region of Northern Virginia that has been going on for quite some time. And I think it's important to bring the community in this conversation, right? We cannot continue to have new development in the city that does not have committed affordable housing units. So in terms of my perspective on this, I think we need to act now. Um, I, honestly, I think we should have acted yesterday, um, but part of that is allocating funds to our affordable housing um, trust fund. Part of it is having dedicated affordable housing. Part of it is ensuring that new development that comes into the city of Alexandria um, either adopts perhaps an inclusionary zoning approach or receive density waivers. Uh, but the more and more we talk about density in the city, uh, the more controversial it gets, which I recognize is a certainly a controversial topic in Alexandria. Um, but when we think about being an inclusive city and fighting for equity, we must ensure that we advocate for housing for those that are most vulnerable, those that have been disproportionately affected by this pandemic, and for those that chose Alexandria as their home. Well, it's funny you should go there at this moment because my follow-up question for you has to do with um, with not only what you were just talking about, but also about the action behind resolutions. And that is that we want to know if you have any plans to make sure that our affordable housing plan, our city's affordable housing plan, lives up to the ideals of this all Alexandria resolution on race and equity. Yes. Um, you know, how do we do that? Again, I think it comes from data transparency. Because when I think about actionable steps to, um, to adopting more affordable housing here in Alexandria, one is education, right? Education in the sense that, um, you know, density does not mean, should, should, when we think about affordability and we think about increasing affordable housing, the number one controversial topic related to affordable housing, as we just mentioned, is density, increasing density. And folks that are anti-density, I, I would really challenge in changing that perspective because when we're anti-density, a lot of times that means we're anti-diversity and that's not the case. We should ensure that folks that come from low income, moderate income backgrounds can afford to live here. And how do we do that? Well, that means aligning our values. If we claim in the all Alexandria resolution to fight for equity, and we have an Alexandria City Public School Board that has adopted equity for all as their North Star, 
Well, what does that mean in translation for the city of Alexandria? What are we implementing? How are we measuring our success? And how we measure our success is through data transparency. And so we really should be looking at that perspective of, of providing that information to our residents and our community leaders, our organizers, to ensure that we're holding our elected officials accountable to what they're proposing in these resolutions. Because ultimately, again, it's a lot of great talk, but how are we backing up our talk? It's actionable policy, and we have to make sure that it's accounted for in our annual budget as well. Well, thank you for that. You are almost around the room. You got one more corner. Anne, are you ready? I am. Oh, Marone, that makes my urban studies heart flutter so much to hear you talk about density in, in that way. So anyway, okay, but that's not the corner we're talking about. We are in the COVID corner. So I hope you have your mask on and you've gotten your jabs. It is now May of 2021, and we need to talk about this issue. The whole world and our big little city is completely focused on it, which is COVID. So how has COVID-19 changed your thinking about our city? And it has completely changed my thinking about this city. <laughs> I, I think the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic has taught us a lot about ourselves, right? Even me as a person. Um, during this time is when I decided to run for office. And the reason for that is we saw in this last presidential election what's at stake when we vote in the wrong elected officials and that it will be critical for us, as I've already said, to amplify and elevate the voices of those that have been disproportionately affected by this pandemic. And we know that's communities of color and in a larger picture, many different minority communities, many different small businesses, folks that have lost employment, have lost their health care, have lost their housing. Evictions in the city of Alexandria does not align to our values related to equity for all. And so when I think of COVID-19 relief in the city of Alexandria, it's going to be critical for the next council in 2022 to still have that perspective that we're not out of the woods yet. You know, by the end of the summer, Alexandria, we have very ambitious goals to vaccinate 80% of our population, which is great. I am so excited to be out in Alexandria again and, and find in eating in restaurants and touring around. I, I'm excited for that. But I'm also cautious of the new strands of COVID-19 that have come up uh, recently of ensuring that we continue equitable and efficient vaccine distribution across Alexandria, not just for those, um, you know, who are here today, but for the new residents that come in uh, later on as well. Um, and then again, we know that folks have been, um, that need financial assistance support. So continuing investment in rental assistance programs, protection against um, evictions, I think will be critical because this is a time of crisis and we need to act like it and we need to step up to the plate and protect those who need our support. Um, and it's also an opportunity to reinvest in our local economy, support small minority and women owned businesses, because it, it will just be critical in achieving equity here in Alexandria, as well as in using this opportunity and this new funding from the American Rescue Plan, $59.4 million that will be um, attributed to Alexandria over the next two years. This is an influx of cash that we can use to support our affordable housing projects, to also support rental assistance programs, and to 
support um, investments in our infrastructure. So particularly broadband infrastructure is something that I believe should be critical for us to improve. We've seen this pandemic, folks now working from home, online hybrid learning. It's important to ensure that we have access, high-speed connectivity, and that we diversify our internet service providers here in Alexandria and use this opportunity to modernize our public infrastructure as well. Beautifully put. So is there anything that you can think of that we should not return to how it was before in the before times? How it was in the before times. Um, I would say, you know, in the before times of COVID, we can use this moment to reimagine what it means to work together as a community. And that means advocating for all of our communities, not just the majority of our community. That means connecting parts like Old Town and the West End. That means ensuring that we have equitable representation. That means ensuring that we allocate dollars to what we say we're passionate about, to the values that we say that we support. And so when I think of us post COVID, when I think of us in 2022 and onwards in the next 10 years, I want us to be a city that celebrates our diversity, that amplifies our vibrant history, and that ensures that in the fight for equity, it's not just equity um, in regards to racial justice, it's also social justice, environmental justice, and ensuring that we fight for a livable Alexandria for us all. Wonderful. And with that, you made it. You made it all around the room. All four corners are done. And, oh, hold on. I was about to blow things up a little bit and ask Anne, Anne the foodie, foodie fun, what she is eating right now because we always have to check in with her because she has the best food. So what are you eating, Anne? Oh my goodness. So they had this spicy seafood noodle special at Mai Tai down on King Street on the water on your favorite park. And not only did I have a gorgeous view, but I had these spicy, spicy seafood noodles that were so hot that they completely blew the top of my head off. And I was only able to put the fire out with Thai iced tea. Hold on, is that a good thing? It blew your head off. Is that an endorsement? It was really, really spicy, but so tasty. I couldn't stop eating. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I would love to have a spice tasting contest with you, Anne. Not that I think I would win, but no, I, I would I'm a win. I'm a total wuss when it comes to spicy food. And I, I've been trying, you know, to grow up a little bit with my my levels of hotness. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm just at a very, very low kid-like level when it comes to spicy food. <laughs> Hold on, let's not associate adulthood with our ability to endure food that hurts. Okay, yeah, I have a Midwestern palate. I am with you, Anne. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jewish. Don't we all have IBS? I'm just kidding. We don't all have IBS, by the way. It's not a thing. <laughs> Never heard that one before. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm normal. You're weird. All right. So back to back to business here. All right. So, Marone, we haven't seen you. Where have you been? We were trying to study up and figure out like questions, things we could ask you. We didn't see you at the Departmental Progressive Club. What is happening? Like, is the, isn't the ADC, did you do the ADC debate recording already? Yes. You did yeah, it. We, we just did the out. ADC debate today. Yeah. So then Amazing. is there, um, 
is there, because we're trying to get to know you. Yeah. Can I ask you questions about our four most important issues. Is there something that we didn't ask? Is there something that you like were hoping we would ask you about so you would get a chance to talk about it? I feel like we touched on most of the main topics. I mean, you know, we, the one topic that I brought up on myself was broadband infrastructure, but we also touched on that. So I think we, we hit on most of the main points. What I'm hearing is we get a gold star. Yes. <laughs> we're amazing. We knew that already. We're, we're also very humble. All right. Well then Marta, you're up. Maroon, we have one last question for you. And to ask it, we would like to give the floor to an Alexandria kid. Sound good? Yes. All right. Uh, well, tonight's kiddo question here on Liberally Social comes from Eliza, who is eight and happens to be my next door neighbor. So here is the question she recorded. Hello, my name is Eliza. I'm eight years old. And my question is, what's your favorite food? Uh, favorite food. I, I would have to say, I, again, I might be biased because I come from an Ethiopian family, but Ethiopian food is definitely one of my home favorites. Uh, tomorrow is actually Ethiopian Orthodox Easter where I'm celebrating with my family. And we have, so during Orthodox Easter, um, our community does no meat except for fish, no dairy um for the whole easter period so tomorrow we are celebrating that and i am excited to eat some nice home-cooked ethiopian food so i'll have to go with that for my answer today nice well I'll, I'll have to ask her if she's ever had ethiopian food so that she can you know join you virtually in that in that favorite yes. food awesome yeah. i love ethiopian food it's mm -hmm. very similar to indian food in some ways yeah so tasty yum yum oh. One of my coworkers used, uh, was Ethiopian and she taught us to ask for this like red spice that you can get on the side to like dip your food into. And mm. my husband and I never remember what it's called, but we always ask for it and we always love it. Yes, berbere. I am going to get, that was what she was mentioning. Yes, it is very spicy though. And I don't know if you want to try that one. No, it is, <laughs> it is beyond my, my scope. <laughs> But it, I understand it's very, very tasty because it's everywhere. <laughs> it is, it is. But thank you, Eliza, for that question. No, that was a fun question. Softball, these kids. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the hardest one, I'm excited. <laughs> They're doing these children. Kick them off. This is our time to shine. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Is that all the time we've got, guys? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Maroon, for joining us. It was wonderful getting to know you. Yes. Thank you, Rashmi. Thank you, everyone, Sandy, Marta, and for being flexible, for having me on the podcast. I, one, I just, I appreciate the space. I think there's not a lot of spaces like this um, where you can have, con you know, candid conversation and talk about fun stuff while also talking about a little bit more serious stuff. So um, very much appreciate the podcast. I'm excited to listen and the drink of the day riding with Biden. <laughs> honestly, God, I am going to have to really maybe get a couple more. This was really good. <laughs> okay, hold on. there's a note on that. I would like to tell you all something right now, which is that I just bought for Marone the last two riding with Bidens 
So I picked them up at Evening Star. So here's the thing. I'm pretty sure it's just the last of this batch. They've mm. been selling out. Ooh. Love it. And I think it's because of us. And it is. <laughs> because of us drinking it or? Because of our podcast mentioning it all the time. I, I just thought we were just. <laughs> We've been live for one week. And I, I think it. we've driven up the sales. Everyone wants a riding with Biden. Yeah. Mm. Take some for your celebration tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I, you are on the right train of thought, Rashmi. I think I might have to stop by and pick some up. Pick up the last two for your mom and dad. Ever yeah. <laughs> try some. Yes. Yeah. No, I did. I texted. I won't put this in the podcast, but I texted Catherine Babin, who's like one of the neighborhood restaurant group people. I was like, mm you're out, man. You're out. And she was like, okay, I'll, I'll let go. The Dressing issue. issue in Alexandria. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should leave this in and be like, listen. Affordable housing? No. Cocktail <laughs> shortage. <laughs> Critical issue. <laughs> or they could just make more Democrat themed drinks. Like I'd like one of every liquor. Like give me a bourbon drink. Give me a, give me a Kamala drink. Give me a Hillary drink. Give me an yeah. Elizabeth Warren drink. Give me an RBG drink. Oh I want goodness. all those cocktails in my house. They should pay you for that idea. Yes. <laughs> you know what? We're going to have like a clip show with all our fun things. And we're going to, we're going to put ads on that one, Marta. <laughs> you like, you want a good idea? Yeah. I'm, I'm full of ideas. Sometimes they're good. <laughs> all right. Rushmi, you are on. All right, and with that, it's time to turn the lights back up and the music down as our party comes to a close. Time to go snuggle up under the blankets we knitted with Kamala approved yarns from Fiberspace. Bye. 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 has been another episode of Liberally Social, brought to you by the Democratic Social Club of Alexandria. We'd like to thank our guest tonight, Marone Teklu for City Council. You can learn more on her website, maroneforcouncil.com, and we'll throw an act blue link in our show notes so you can give her all your money if you'd like. Remember, early voting is happening right now for those who registered by May 17th, and the Democratic primary itself is held on June 8th. We'd also like to thank Eliza for tonight's kiddo question. Join the Democratic Social Club on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at DemSocialALX for more information about the Liberally Social podcast. The creative and manual labor that's making Liberally Social happen has been and is being done by Sandy Marks, Marta Schantz, Kristen Weber, Anne Fawn, Elizabeth Bradley, Rushmi Papu, Ron K. Hughes, Joy Pocatella, and Anna Yeager. See you next time. Oh, don't forget to talk about the music. Oh, yeah, we're going to have music. Are we making our own music? Or... No, no, no. Yes, Maroon, you're responsible. We have um, Hot 90s Laser Jams.